Hello everyone and welcome back to Exploring the North Shore. As you probably noticed, I was set to have, or should have had, an episode last week if I follow my usual pattern of releasing a new episode every other week, but that didn't happen and I do apologize. I have been extremely busy. There's been a lot of things going on in the background and it just kind of escaped me and then I let it pass by and I was like, okay, I'll just put one out next week. So I do apologize that that happened if you were waiting for a new episode to drop and were sad when it didn't, but here I am back with another new episode. All right, so before I go on to today's topic, I wanted to kind of jump back to my last episode really quickly, which was the history of the three buildings lost in the April 14th fire here in Grand Marais, and do a quick correction, and that is the last name of the second pool hall owner that uh, the Picnic and Pine building used to be. And I had said it was Bison, and the actual last name is Bryson. That's B-R-I-S-S-O-N. So I do apologize for that. It was pointed out to me that that was incorrect. I did update that in the article. So if you go onto the Explore the North Shore website, you can find the article about those three buildings under the history category. So take a look there if you want to read. I have a lot of stories that I was actually able to get from some of the past employees and the relatives of the people who owned those buildings beforehand and threw in some quotes and some stories. So a nice little follow-up to that story. So yeah, check that out. I also want to say that they announced they were closing down the GoFundMe page. Actually, I'm recording this on the 5th of May. This will be released on the 6th, but I'm recording on the 5th, and today is the day they're shutting down the GoFundMe and the fundraiser for the three building owners um, and the business owners, and they have raised over $150,000. So that is just incredible. We are a very tiny, small community. The entire world is in this crazy, like, economic downfall and hardship, and people are finding ways to give to three businesses that they've probably visited. I'm assuming if they gave money, but they may not have known the owners or didn't know them well, or maybe they did, but people are finding ways to give. So huge shout out to everybody and thank you so much. It really means a lot to the community and yeah, that's just an amazing amount, dollar amount to have come in for them. So okay, moving on now to this week's episode. On today's episode of Exploring the North Shore Solo History Lessons, we're going to be learning about Father Baraga and Father Baraga's Cross. This podcast episode is sponsored by Cascade Vacation Rentals. They know that life has a tendency to be overwhelming at times, and busy schedules often leave people feeling overwhelmed and disconnected. That's why they're here, to offer you the space and opportunity to reconnect to what's important. Cascade Vacation Rentals has one of the largest selections of privately owned vacation rental homes and cabins on Minnesota's North Shore of Lake Superior, from Duluth to the Canadian border. Their team is there to help you and your family or small group enjoy a vacation you'll remember for years to come. Visit them online at www.cascadevacationrentals.com. And don't forget to use promo code PODCAST for the largest percent off discount available at any given time. Again, that's www.cascadevacationrentals.com. So just outside the town of Schroeder, you'll notice a little sign that points to the lake, towards the lake, depending on you know which way you're coming from. It'll either point left or right, 
but it says Father Baraga's Cross. It doesn't really mention anything else about it. And if you turn right on that road, you're going to be following along the Cross River on your right, and you're going to have a bunch of houses that people actually live in. This is a neighborhood on your left. When you hit the end of that road, you're going to notice at the end of a walkway to your right is a granite cross. And that, of course, is the cross known as Father Baraga's Cross. So there is a plaque on Father Braga's cross that tells the story of the cross. And this is the story that I've heard told over and over again while discussing Father Braga. And the plaque reads, Father Frederick Braga, learning of a possible epidemic afflicting the Indians at Grand Portage in 1846, set out on a small boat from Madeline Island in Wisconsin with an Indian guide. An unexpected storm threatened them but their lives were spared when they were blown over the sandbar and into the quiet mouth of Cross River. In Thanksgiving, they erected a small wooden cross at the site, which was later replaced by this granite one. Father Baraga was born in Yugoslavia in 1797, came to the United States in 1830, and devoted his life to the Indians of the Upper Great Lakes, consecrated a bishop of Upper Michigan in 1853, Bishop Baraga, whose life was filled with heroism and zeal for souls, died January 19, 1868, and his remains rest in the crypt of St. Peter's Cathedral in Marquette, Michigan. So that plaque actually gives you a lot of information about Father Baraga and about that journey and about the origins of the cross, but it doesn't really tell the full story of Father Baraga or even the full story about the origins of the cross and the circumstances surrounding his journey across Lake Superior. So I decided to dig into this a little bit more, and I found more information in some guidebooks that described the reason why Father Baraga chose to take the shortcut over Lake Superior in a small boat, because anyone who knows anything about Lake Superior knows that the lake can be treacherous even on a good day. So crossing in a small boat, which I've seen it referred to as an 18-foot canoe, which is not a very big canoe, is obviously risky at best. So why take the risk? Primarily, it was due to Father Braga's desire to help and serve the Upper Great Lakes tribes. An epidemic of any sort in a tribal community in the late 1800s could mean many, many deaths and even the like complete elimination of an entire tribe. So Father Braga was also known as the snowshoe priest because he would often trek many miles in the winter months using snowshoes to reach areas that were otherwise unreachable. His dedication to his service has made him a popular figure in the Catholic community. So at the time he set out for Madeline Island, in order to reach the tribe in Grand Portage, there were no roads connecting the two places. So travel by foot would have taken a month or maybe even more, which was possibly too long to arrive in time to help. So according to an article in Lake Superior Magazine published in 2018, quote, across Lake Superior, however, there would be only 40 miles to traverse in less than a day. Baraga enlisted a paddling help of a local Ojibwe man, Louis Godin, that's G-O-U-D-I-N, and they launched Godin's 18-foot canoe from Sand Island towards the Minnesota shore. Soon, a storm arose. For several hours, Godin paddled frantically while Baraga prayed for safe passage. Eventually, a craggy, almost frightening shore appeared before them with no place to land. Lewis hesitated, but the priest directed him, We will be saved. Go straight on. And suddenly ahead, they could see a small, calm river. So that river, of course, is 
known today as Cross River, and it's located just outside the town of Schroeder. But as the story continues, Father Baraga erected a small cross at the site and then continued to Grand Portage. So going back, the journey across Lake Superior was going to take a day, whereas opposed the journey around the lake would take a month. So Father Baraga decided to brave the lake and take an 18-foot canoe out into the middle of Lake Superior. And miraculously, he made it across. So at this point, even Lake Superior Magazine, that article admits that the story gets a little vague. And it says, and I quote, he went out to Grand Portage, apparently helping the community, end quote. And that's all it mentions about the Grand Portage and the epidemic that was happening out there. Now, when I posted this story on Facebook, I got a question from a reader about what happened with the epidemic and to the Grand Portage tribe. I read through many, many, many articles on Bishop Baraga's life and about the cross and about that journey, and I never did find a reference to the actual epidemic in Grand Portage that wasn't connected to the story of the cross and basically ended with the construction of the cross. And none went on to even say if he reached Grand Portage after his journey, although that has been assumed in many of the articles. Now, since his story carries on with him passing away 22 years later in 1868, we know he eventually did return to Michigan to carry on his service because he worked for Sault Ste. Marie and in Marquette from 1853 until the end of his life. But there's that missing time period of what happened after he reached the shores of Schroeder. Well, what would eventually become Schroeder. So there's very little to go off of, or at least very little that is easily accessible online. The only place I saw a reference to an epidemic in Grand Portage in 1846 at all, and this doesn't even mention Father Braga in any way, was in a book titled A Very Remarkable Sickness by Paul Hackett. The book is mostly about epidemics in other areas, but it mentions a mumps outbreak in the Grand Portage area that year saying, and I quote, 1846 began with an outbreak of mumps that proved a life-threatening to several people. This disease had been brought from La Pointe in U.S. territory and south of Lake Superior by some Ojibwe who had traveled there to receive annuities from the Americans, end quote. So the book goes on to say that the mumps epidemic persisted in the Grand Portage area throughout the winter of 1846. So it could be assumed from this that the epidemic Father Baraga was responding to was the outbreak of mumps that had occurred within several northern tribes that year. Now, I couldn't find a reference to how many were affected by the epidemic, nor did the book make any mention of Father Baraga's presence in Grand Portage at that time period. So really what happened during that time and what he did during that time, not very well documented, at least nothing that I could find by Googling online. I'm guessing maybe if I went up to Grand Portage and spoke to someone up there, they might have a little more insight or maybe some other references for me, but I'm unable to do that this time. So unfortunately, that's kind of the answer I have to give, which is, I don't know. It appears to have been a mumps epidemic. It appears Father Braga made it. It appears he did what he went there to do. And it appears he then returned to Michigan because there's nothing that really mentions that he just turned around and went back, which would seem silly after he just crossed Lake Superior in this like heroic crossing. I mean, one could assume he made it, he helped, and then he went back. Exploring the North Shore is sponsored by The Big Lake. The Big Lake is an approachable art gallery and gift shop located in the beautiful harbor town of Grand Marais, Minnesota, as well as online at thebiglakelife.com. 
The Big Lake provides a beautifully curated and fun shopping experience to complement your North Shore adventures with artists and products that reflect the culture, values, allure, and lifestyle of the North Shore. Shop online at www.thebiglakelife.com and use promo code EXPLORE for 15% off your first online order. Okay, so now getting back to the cross, that itself has actually been a topic of a very small land boundary issue that happened in 2011. That year was discovered that the Granite Memorial Cross was actually sitting on private property and not the land that was owned by the Catholic Diocese of Duluth, according to a May 11th or a May 2011th article in the Cook County News Herald titled "Schroeder Endorses Changes in Baraga Cross Memorial" by Brian Larson. The article says that while the landowners, Skip and Linda Lamb, who you might know if you're a frequent visitor to the North Shore, they are the owners of Lamb's Resort in Schroeder. The article said they had no issues with the cross being located on their land, but the diocese made the decision to move the cross for liability reasons. In doing so, they also created a 20-foot wide handicap accessible path leading to the memorial. So if you want to go make a visit and you have some mobility issues, you will have an accessible way to reach the memorial. The area around the cross also features a small beach and a little picnic area. Kind of makes it a nice stop for like a nice summer afternoon picnic as you are heading up the shore. And then Bishop Baraga, as I mentioned before, continued his work in Upper Michigan for most of his life and passed away at the age of 71. In the Lake Superior Magazine article, he is described as being, quote, a genius and spiritually gifted, end quote. He was also described as a minimalist. He is said to only carry a small amount of supplies with him and, you know, gave most of whatever he had to the people he served. 84 years after Bishop Braga's passing, his journey to sainthood officially began. But it turns out it takes a really long time to be declared a saint because the Marquette Diocese has pursued this ever since with Bishop Baraga still on the road to sainthood today. So that's kind of where his story is at this time. If you're interested in the process and where he is in the process, you can look up that information on the Marquette Diocese website. They have some information there. But it was really interesting. It would take way too long to kind of get into why it's taken this long to have him be a saint. It's I didn't really fully understand all of it, and I'm Catholic, so <laughs> it's, it's a complicated process, but he is on his way and making that kind of trek to sainthood as we speak. Now, if you're a big fan of Father Baraga, the cross in Schroeder isn't the only monument erected in memory of Bishop Baraga. In Lance, Michigan, there is the Shrine of the Snowshoe Priest, which depicts Bishop Baraga holding a cross in one hand and a pair of snowshoes in another. Also, uh, the Baraga Chapel adjacent to St. Peter's Cathedral in Marquette, Michigan. And then in that chapel, there is a series of stained glass windows that tell the story of Bishop Baraga's life. And that includes a pair of snowshoes inset with hand-painted tiles that sits as a reminder of his well-known nickname course that was the snowshoe priest and then for visitors of the north shore you will also see bishop baraga depicted in a stained glass window in saint elizabeth's catholic church in duluth so if you want to make a bishop baraga journey i guess you could say definitely check out the church in duluth check out the cross and then why not trek on up to marquette michigan and kind of see where the rest of his life happened 
So that is, as far as I could find in my research, the story of Father Baraga and his interaction with the Grand Portage tribe during the time in 1846. And unfortunately, I wish I could have found more and told you more about what happened after he arrived, but that information just is not out there. Uh, Maybe someday I will find it. And if I do that, I will update the article on the Exploring the North Shore website so you can see it there. So that's it, and I thank you for tuning in, even though I neglected to post a new episode of this show last week. Again, I do apologize. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, as I'm sure many of you can relate to, things changing every day. Uh, We are preparing to reopen Cascade Vacation Rentals this week and have now pushed that to um, a couple weeks out to May 18th. So that's been one crazy thing that happened. And then just trying to kind of get everything moving again. And yeah, (laughs) thank you for tuning in. And I will plan to be back in two weeks. And I'm hoping that when I come back in two weeks, I will be coming back with Martha. And we will be doing the bucket list episode that I feel like I've been talking about now for months. We've both been writing it. We've both been working on it. In fact, she said her bucket list changed completely during the stay-at-home time because she had a lot of time to just kind of sit around at home thinking and kind of contemplating what she wants to do. And in fact, the two of us are even planning a big trip of some sort sometime this fall, if we can, just to kind of get out there. And maybe we will take you along for that trip when we figure out where and when and how. So yeah, that's what's happening in the background here. I hope everybody is well and I hope you are all staying safe. And I will see you again in a couple of weeks.